Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get right to it because she's got to get back into the courtroom. We are delighted to be joined by Paula Reed Ward from the Tribune Review. She is been in the court, has been in the courtroom all this week covering jury selection as part of the Robert Bowers trial. And Paula, it's great to have you on KDK. How are you? I'm well, Rick. Thanks for having me. Well, a crazy week for you. And, and just sort of give us an idea of, of what a, a, a traditional day has looked like in this week of jury selection. What, what is a, a typical day? Uh, so the judge is running a pretty tight ship. They are starting around 830 each morning. Um, they're bringing in approximately 20 jurors a day, or at least that's what they're requesting. Some days there's been as few as 14 up to 20. They break them up over two sessions during the day. There's a morning session with, you know, hopefully 10 jurors coming through and then an afternoon session. Uh, I think that this week we've only had one kind of true full lunch break that ran about an hour and a half. And, you know, a few of the days there's been no break at all. And, and I think today there was about a half an hour where the parties were able to go and maybe grab a snack. The discussion in terms of hate crimes and talking about the death penalty and going through questionnaires and things like that, have you got some sort of sense at this point what, A, the defense is looking for in a juror, or B, what the prosecution is looking for in a juror? Have you been able to figure that out yet? Yeah, I think so. I think that the defense is really looking very much for somebody who is willing to consider what they call mitigating evidence. Um, you know, the the attorney who's been questioning for the defense side has repeatedly asked whether or not, you know, prospective jurors are willing to consider things like, you know, events in somebody's childhood that might have impacted how they grew up or how they see the world, uh, whether or not they're willing to consider other things like, you know, something as simple as, you know, Mr. Bowers' mother loves him or, you know, that he's a good inmate in prison as things that they are looking for the jurors to be willing to consider to possibly spare his life. Um, on the government side of things, you know, I think they're looking to make sure that the people that get seated on the jury are um, willing to, you know, strongly consider the death penalty and that, that they are not afraid to put their name on a verdict that would sentence somebody to die. You've also had discussions in the courtroom talking about the IQ of Jewish people, right? I mean, you, I mean, it's run the gamut. I mean, it really has been all over the place. I mean, when you were assigned to cover this story, did you anticipate this would be some of the kind of stuff that you would be hearing about in a courtroom and writing about? So the thing that just, in, and what you're referring to just kind of happened um you know, just a few minutes ago. So I'm today, not sure that right? I've, yeah, like, I mean, like in the last 10 minutes. So I'm not sure I've had enough time to process it in a way uh, that I that I want to talk about maybe in detail. But what I can tell you is that there has been a repeated theme over the past few days. And I, I think I've counted up on my spreadsheet that there are at least six people, possibly more, who have made statements to things like 
hate cra- hate crimes are overblown by the media mm-hmm. and um, they've referred to them as hoaxes. And I have to tell you that while I expected a lot of things um, and I've covered a lot of jury selections in the past, I am astounded that this is a recurring thing that has been coming up today yeah. and this week. It's I, I, I didn't realize that that was a, a perspective among such a wide swath of people out there. When you look at this particular case, I mean, have they been able to keep up the pace of trying to get through 20 a day? And and is that sustainable or is this something that's going to bog down as we move into week two, perhaps week three? Uh, it seems like it was going a little bit more efficiently early in, earlier in the week and that it has slowed down a bit um, as we've gotten later in the week. I think that there are still either six or seven jurors left for this, maybe five um, but they're supposed to be done by five o'clock today. So the idea that they would get through five jurors in the next 50 minutes is, uh, is, is slim to none. So I think, you know, just before this session started, the judge asked the parties if maybe they should reduce uh, the numbers of people coming in next week to maybe 14, seven in the morning and seven in the afternoon mm-hmm. uh, to try to eliminate a little bit of that backlog. Paula Reed Ward joining us from the Tribune Review. She's been covering the jury selection for the Robert Bowers jury selection as he was the uh, man accused at the Tree of Life. Um, I, I think it is amazing, and you and I have both been in this business for a long enough time, that you know sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And the story that you told a couple days ago about one of the potential jurors who's an Uber driver who drove one of the victims to the synagogue shooting and didn't even realize that he had been a victim until she saw his saw this picture in the paper. I mean, those are the kind of things that as we cover these stories, it's just remarkable to me how often things like that do come up in these in these real life stories. Don't, do you agree? I- yeah, it's been it actually the first in the first day or two, um, I thought it was really striking. So they had sent 1500 questionnaires out to potential jurors in this case back in March. So, you know, 1500 people is, is a lot of people. And I was really surprised by the fact that in just the first couple days of jury selection, you know, there was a man who had interacted with um, one of the survivors of the shooting and knew him well. And you know, he had actually interviewed with um, Cecil and David Rosenthal uh, frequently at, at, at events at the JCC and, and, you know, with the Uber driver as well. So it's really been it, it's kind of emblematic of, you know, what a small community Pittsburgh really is. And, and you know, it was definitely an interesting and kind of a maybe a bright spot, I think, because of those relationships and people knowing each other and and having respect for each other. Well, just hearing the Rosenthal's being referred to by their nickname of the boys again, I think is something that, you know, we'll put for a lot of people who knew the family and knew them and things like that. I mean, those are the kind of remembrances I think that people would like to be able to to have uh, as as we move forward with a difficult thing. What do you think happens as we get into Monday, Tuesday, next week? Any any sense for uh, any changes coming or is it just the same old, same old? I think it'll probably be similar. I do think that the judge is probably going to maybe crack down uh, and try to get the sides to be a little bit more efficient, Mm -hmm. more streamlined in their questioning. Um, He's given a lot of leeway. And I think that in a case of this um, significance and and as important as it is, I'm not at all surprised by that. But, you know, if they need to get a pool of at least 58 or 65 or even more people eligible to sit on this jury, uh, you know, they're going to have to 
they're probably going to have to go a little bit faster than they are if they're, gonna, if they're hoping to get started in less than a month. Yeah. Well, Paula, you have done just absolutely magnanimous work from the beginning of this and the live tweeting that you've done from the courtroom has been so impressive. And I'm I'm just blown away how you don't have any typos. I, I'm, I'm blown away by that because when I live tweet, there's typos all over the place. So keep up the great <laughs> reporting, but more than that, uh, just the accuracy with which you do it, it's uh, it's admirable. It's And it's, it's great to have you on KDK. Thanks for being here. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Really great stuff from Paula Reed Ward joining us here from the Trib. And she's now on her way back in to the media room and back in to continue covering that story. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.